Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today, I'm joined by Courtney McDonald, the Director of Customer Success for Measurable, and we'll be talking about data-driven customer success programs. We'll be getting into the details of how to shift from an emotional, reactive program to a data-driven, proactive customer journey. So, Courtney, thanks for taking the time to join me on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Kristen. So you are the first guest that we've had who actually started their career in customer success. <laughs> Can you tell me how you decided that this was the right field for you and what motivates you to stick with it? Yeah, that surprises me. I mean, uh, to be open, I, I sort of fell into customer success. Okay. I, I graduated with a degree in business. I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do. Like I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people who, who have that degree and don't specialize. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my first role, so I started as an entry-level support rep on a small team of four. Okay. The it was at a software company. So the, the company had some assemblies of customer success, but really at the time, I mean, our support reps were even doing a lot of the proactive initial outreach and onboarding. So okay. it, because customer success is so new and I joined a team where it was so undefined, it it opened a bunch of paths for me to just kind of explore one thing led to another. And nine years later, I still love customer success. I, I mean, for what motivates me, I think... Customer success is so different at every company, which is both good and bad, but it's changing so much. And when I when I started in customer success, everyone thought it meant support or onboarding or services. Yeah. And it was looked at as a cost center. And it drove me nuts because I'd be sitting in an onboarding role and I'd pretty much own the entire customer relationship you know, from start to finish. And then suddenly we'd shuttle the customer back over to someone who, through no fault of their own, hadn't had any engagement with the customer in several months and they asked them for more money. And it just felt weird. <laughs> so yeah. we were shuttling this customer back and forth and didn't feel super natural. But in the past three to four years, we're starting to see really successful companies actually empower CS with revenue responsibilities. And that's the stuff that gets me amped. I'm, I'm clearly excited about it, but it's it's what I think drives companies forward. And I'm, I'm excited because it it just changes so much and it's happening quickly. Yeah, I know. It is one of the exciting things about our field, I think. It's why I love it so much. It's it's really changing a lot very quickly, mm -hmm. which is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to get a little background on your current company. Can you give us some more information about Measurable? Yeah, sure. So Measurable, is, uh, it's an early stage company. We're a software company. We have about 50 to 60 employees. Our our goal with our software is to make it incredibly easy to collect, report, act on non-financial data, which might sound like a, a mouthful. Uh, so things like water, waste, electric. We want we want folks to be able to report on it at an investment grade level, right? So it's like I said, we're pretty early stage. We're actually we've invested pretty heavily in customer success. I think 
heavier than other companies at our stage might do. So we mm-hmm. have we have a couple support analysts who are responsible for inbound and reactive support. We have customer success managers who deliver onboarding. There is still some service fulfillment, but they also monitor customer health KPIs and take proactive measures to steer them in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have some account managers who work strategically with our customer success managers to support the long-term success. So okay. they work hand-in-hand to, to handle the renewal and upsell strategies. We we actually have a customer education manager, which I very rarely see people introduce this early, but it's been crucial in us because it's such a cross-functional role and they help create our education collateral. But they've also been responsible for driving a consistent narrative from something that a prospect would see to a customer would see from even within the product so that there aren't any shocks or surprises along the way. Yeah. Um, and then we also have some data ops engineers, fairly specific to our industry, but it's it's pretty crucial for client satisfaction around some of our more technical components of the product. So how big of a team is that all together? <laughs> yeah, we're at about 15. Wow. Uh, Good job. So when you, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's been great. Like I said, I mean, our our company is, is still fairly small to so for me to have joined and seen such a heavy investment in customer success this early was, I mean, it was hugely gratifying to know that this company supports it and is rallying towards that. That's fantastic. So when you and I were talking about the podcast during our first meeting, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about building a data-driven customer success team. Obviously, you're a data-driven company, mm-hmm. um, but why do you <laughs> think that having a data-driven customer success team is such an important thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually not naturally a data-driven person, which is probably weird that I suggested (laughs) this topic. But um, for me, throughout my career, I've learned how crucial it is for customer success teams to set up systems that allow them to be data-driven. Yeah. So when your company is making decisions, whether it's building a feature, maybe they're deciding to release a feature a little early, creating hiring plans, whatever it may be, uh, having specific data points allows customer success to be a real voice versus us just saying, we need this because, or our customers are complaining about this because. And mm-hmm. it's you kind of become the broken record and it makes it really hard for other leaders in the company to make financial decisions based off of that. Right. And it for me, that's what was kind of a turning point in my career when I realized, all right, if I want to make progress that I believe is genuinely best for the customer, I have to prove why. <laughs> um, right. And that's why it's such an important topic to me. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think we can become kind of like broken records or, you know, you just start to lose your credibility with other teams in the company if you don't have a a business case to support why you want things to happen. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree. It's super important. You know, when anyone says data driven, my mind goes straight to all of those tools that are available. And I start thinking about technology. But that said, I think being data driven is bigger than the tools. It's kind Mm -hmm. of more like an outlook. So how would you compare a team that is data driven to a team that is, say, more emotion or anecdote driven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I think a team that's data-driven can be taken seriously. <laughs> um, and that's that's really the difference. I don't think, you know, my, my suggestion around this isn't to say you have to know every single data point, right? You don't have to boil the ocean. That would be, that would take you too long and then you could never make a point. There are going to be times where you just kind of have to make gut reactions and be able to speak in the moment. You can't just say, hey, I need half an hour to go figure this out. Right. <laughs> um, but I do think a team that's data-driven you can build that into your 
your way of approaching things where when something maybe feels uncomfortable or they, you know, something's brought up and you feel like it's moving too quickly, or maybe it's not going to resonate super well with a customer. If your thought process is, all right, well, how many customers does this impact? How much revenue is this worth? If you kind of start there, it allows you to either de-escalate or escalate an opinion you may have in a way that is easily understood by everyone, not just how many people are going to yell at me, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I do see a lot with our customers that it's kind of whoever yells the loudest gets the attention. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's it's unfortunate because I think that can damage, um, certainly damage the credibility of the customer success team with the product team. But it also, if the product team follows the success team's lead, it can result in a lot of things that aren't necessarily great for the entire customer base getting mm-hmm. developed. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it can kind of derail product as well. For sure. I think you can kind of end up with a product that looks like Frankenstein because you just yeah. start uh, <laughs> throwing a bunch of things on there. And it, the other thing too, when I'm mentioning data-driven, I wouldn't necessarily suggest a customer success team or, or certain members start speaking to their their own customers that way, right? We want our customers mm-hmm. to feel incredibly valued, but it also empowers us to be fairly straightforward and transparent with them, right? Like I would never say to a customer, hey, your account is only worth this much, so it's not <laughs> a big deal to us. What I can say is I, I have a handful of customers who who look and think a lot like you What's great about having your feedback is I'm able to have really great conversations with our product team about what this means and what this can do for you. You know, I can't promise that this is going to be delivered in the next quarter, but what I can promise you is that because I have so much information about your goals and what you're looking to do, I can accurately communicate that with with additional stakeholders, right? So kind of kind of navigating it in a way where you quickly know what's at stake and and how to communicate with external and internal stakeholders. I love it. I, th- I think that communicating with customers in a data-driven way is so important as well. Mm-hmm. How do you think that being a data-driven team ties into the voice of the customer program? I think many people think that those programs are very focused on stories and feedback, but how do you see data fitting in there? Yeah, I mean... I- Stories and feedback don't go anywhere, right? Those still fit in. Be, being data driven doesn't mean we can't be humans, right? <laughs> um, I, I look at it this way: you know, we're going to get customer feedback, both good and bad. Uh, we're we're still going to have success stories. We're, we want to see case studies. Those are all outputs that I think a customer success team should rally towards because it's the kind of thing that if if you can generate a ton of great experiences that go into success stories, that then your sales team can use to bring it bring on new clients. I mean, that's that's the best, right? Everyone goes around high-fiving each other. But right. the way data can support that is we say, all right, well, how can I, as a customer success organization, or, or we as a customer success organization, prioritize and know when someone should be prime for a case study? Well, let's think about what are the consistent flags that highlight, yes, this is a perfect person to bring into our marketing team and say, mm-hmm. they'd be a wonderful candidate. And it's because you're rallying on a certain set of data points. So right. I think it just strengthens the, in, the entire voice perspective. It, it doesn't remove it. It just helps you prioritize and, and create that pipeline. Yeah, definitely. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your team. So have you specifically sought out CSMs who are more data-driven? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think I'm really fortunate in that when I joined Measurable, most of the folks I work with were already really data-driven. Um, so, so I didn't really have to seek them out. I think 
for me, I, I have no idea how common it is for CSMs to naturally be data-driven. It may be more frequent than I realize, and perhaps folks just haven't been empowered to, to be that voice before. If I, if I were to seek folks out, I think the thing that would matter most to me is an openness to be coached on communicating that way. Yeah. Right. If someone's not naturally that way, it's not a deal breaker. And and sometimes people who are super data driven, maybe they're not great at managing customers, right? It's for me, it's more even if you haven't historically been that way, are you open to being it? Okay. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Before we continue with the rest of our interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Today, I'd like to talk about one type of consulting engagement we offer at the Success League. Customer success deep dives last between three days and two weeks and are focused on helping companies plan a customer success program tailored to their organization. Common deep dive topics include metrics and goals, hiring and compensation, customer journey mapping, and segmentation. Each deep dive session includes concrete deliverables like business models and annual plans that you can quickly put to use. If you need help with planning for 2019, a deep dive engagement is a great way to kickstart your efforts. Visit the consulting page on our website, thesuccessleague.io, for more information. I also want to mention StrikeDeck's new Customer 360 template. This free download is the best way to figure out if you're ready for a customer success tool. It is an automated spreadsheet that will help you keep track of all your current customers, generating an individual health score for each one. Quick reports can be easily developed through the Analytics tab, and tasks can be tracked on the Task Manager. If you're looking for a quick, simple-to-use, yet robust solution for your CS needs, StrikeDeck's Customer 360 template is the tool for you. Download your copy today at strikedeck.com. And now, back to our interview. So, Courtney, how have you had to change your team's processes to encourage them to take a data-driven approach? How do you measure their performance? Yeah, sure. Great question. I think, like I said, I mean, most of the folks I work with when I joined, they're already data-driven. So, for us, it wasn't necessarily changing a mindset or a process as much as it was embedding that information into our processes. So, I'll give a recent example uh, like I said, we're we're an early stage company, so we're all we're all changing pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but on our on our product side, we just rolled out new tools and and processes to better look at the product roadmap and how features get escalated and prioritized and all that good stuff. Uh, and really, before our team started taking the shift that we did, tickets would be escalated not escalated in like a things are on fire, but they'd be they'd be sent out the appropriate channels, but without any information or context. So what we've started doing in our process is before we submit a ticket to anyone or go talk to a product manager, we have a template of information that we hold ourselves accountable for filling out. Okay. So things like number of customers interested, the amount of revenue associated with those customers, maybe net promoter score, mm-hmm. right? Have they, is there a certain group of detractors who always complain about this sort of thing? Okay. Um, that's a way that we've started to implement it so that we can be better partners to other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, for how do we measure performance, also data points, uh, we focus entirely on renewal and expansion rates. So if I'm a customer success manager, I know that within a 
you know, I have a, a portfolio of business that I'm working to make sure that they're, they're adopting the, the technology, mm-hmm. they're logging in frequently, they're reaching their goals. Inherently, if all of those things are happening, we should see high retention rates and ideally growth from it. Right. So we have, you know, the comp structure, but then we have certain health metrics that we, we rally around to ensure those outcomes are successful. Okay. Fantastic. I know that I kind of took us away from tools, but I don't want to skip <laughs> over tools altogether. Um, what tools have you put in place and what tools are you still working on as you build out your data-driven program? Yeah. I mean, Strike Deck is one that we're, we're implementing okay. right now. Uh, before, before that, we were working out of a lot of spreadsheets. Okay. Uh, so that, that is not a fun way to do it for anyone. Nope. Um, the, <laughs> the thing that I'm most excited about for a customer success manager is for them to be able to step into work See their, again, a list of each of their accounts, know exactly what stage they're at, how much they pay, what products they have. And then beyond that, to be able to set a series of playbooks and milestones that each of them knows they have to operate off of without having to go into a spreadsheet or an email or uh, listen to a call recording or open our financial system and see where the person stands. Um, So it's really more about putting the information right in front of a customer success manager so that they don't have to bounce around before they call someone. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> I am <laughs> so with you on that. Um, I think the fewer the systems, the better. Mm-hmm. And the fewer the spreadsheets, the better. I can't tell you how many customers <laughs> I have worked with recently where they're tracking customer information in spreadsheets and share docs instead of in yeah. some sort of system. Um it's just such a waste of time and it, it um, keeps them from being able to be proactive because they're so busy managing their spreadsheets. So I think the more yeah. you can streamline things, the better. You got it. And I'm, I mean, I'm the worst offender. I'll create three new <laughs> Google Sheets. Don't on the podcast. I, <laughs> I am. I am. I'll do it. You can cut it out if we need no, to, but I'm, I'm the, I'm the worst. <laughs> and that's why it's, it's so important to have a system that everyone's bought into literally to using. It's yeah. only as good as if the, the folks who are using it, because otherwise there will be no data to report off of. But um, having one system that works for everyone yeah. is so crucial. Otherwise, we're all just going to have 80 versions of the same thing in different places. Yeah, it, it, super, <laughs> it can be super inefficient. Um, so tell me, what do you see as the future of your program? How do you plan to push your data-driven approach forward inside Measurable? Yeah, sure. I think, I mean, the future of our program, it's, it's going to consistently be changing in a really positive way. So we're, I would love to see our customer success organization, you know, even 10 months from now is a spot where customer success managers can kind of going on what I said before, know immediately if someone were to say, Hey, how's this customer doing? They can very quickly say, this is exactly how they're doing. This is what's at stake. Here are opportunities. Not only that, but here's the strategy we know we're going to deploy because it's all housed in the same system. Yeah. Uh, I think that is just going to, again, I talk about partnerships a lot, but it's going to make us an incredible partner to other parts of the business. Right. And for me, I think that naturally just pushes the approach forward because then other folks can be super receptive to the information. It's not this constant battle of, uh, you know, prove this, prove that, or have you guys thought about this? Have you thought about that? It's like, hey, we have a really good foundation here. We're, we have a solid, solid approach. And 
the reason I say it's always going to be changing is because we're going to learn a lot from it. So we may think we know the perfect milestones to creating a, a successful customer today. But once we start operating off of that data, we may find certain data points don't matter as much. Maybe, I highly doubt this, but maybe login rates don't matter. Uh, and, and we can tweak and refine. So finding a system that allows you to be flexible, not assuming you know everything right away is hugely important for for propelling a, a, a data-driven approach forward inside any company. I love it. I, I'm super excited to see how this comes out for you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Me too. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> what is the biggest thing you would recommend doing if one of our listeners wanted to shift the focus of their team to become more data-driven? Yeah, I mean, start somewhere. I know it sounds cliche. It's like anything, but if you know if they're not data driven or they've thought about it but haven't gotten around to it, just start with a few key points. You know, like I said earlier, you don't have to boil the ocean. Uh, you don't have to figure out every single metric, and you don't need to spend hours upon hours convincing people to give you access to that information. Yeah, start with a few that you know are going to bring one of your business cases a long way, and I think you'll find when you can do that, there's a lot more buy-in from folks. So start somewhere. Yeah. You know, when we are working with um, companies, especially on tech touch type programs where there's a lot of automation, I think it can be really overwhelming when you're trying to build systems, whatever Mm -hmm. kind of systems they are. And if you try to build the whole program all at once, it's super overwhelming and people get stressed out and quit. And so (laughs) I think if you can just choose a few things and start there, you have the you have the best advice I've heard on this. It's, it's really just choose something and start with something, you know, pick five things that you think are going to move the needle the most and go with those. Absolutely. I always need to break things down into uh, digestible chunks. Otherwise, I I personally, I just, I think, all right, well, I'll put it on the back burner until I have time, but you're never going to have time to do all of that. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And I think if you, you know, if all of us start to kind of adopt that agile approach where, you know, we make something and iterate and iterate and iterate, it's actually going to work out better in the long run anyway. For sure. Definitely. So last question, and this is one we ask all of our guests, what do you see as the biggest (laughs) trend in customer success right now and why? Yeah, that's, I think, I I guess I touched on it a little before, but I'm really excited to see companies empowering customer success to own revenue. I think we're seeing some some really legitimate and, and larger scale companies start doing this and it's moving customer success into a space where we can look, be a little bit more scientific. You know, it's it's not just always reactive, it's not just support, it's not just services and it's it's really empowering the folks who know the customer voice the most to champion that internally. Uh, and that's That's the thing I'm most excited about. I love it. (laughs) That's great. Well, Courtney, thanks again for taking the time to join us on today's podcast. I really appreciate your take on building out a data-driven team. It is a really practical approach, and I think all of our listeners can benefit from it. So thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on this, Kristen. This was a blast. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed talking on this topic. If you can't tell, I'm super passionate about it. So if anyone else is and they want to connect, I'm on LinkedIn. And I I love hearing from like-minded folks or or folks who want to challenge it. It's all good. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io and follow the Success League on LinkedIn 
or at TSL customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time.